Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Thank you, worship team. So we're going to be in Psalm 144 this morning, and we're going to spend just a few minutes in the Word this morning, and then we're going to be hearing some more from our youth, because today is Youth Sunday, and uh, on Youth Sunday, you don't want to hear from me all morning. You want to have our youth front and center, so we're going to have our SOAR team that's going to come up in just a few minutes, and if you don't know what SOAR is, you're going to find out, and you're going to hear a lot about SOAR in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but we're in Psalm 144, and that's page 624 on the Bible, and the pew in front of you if you need a Bible this morning, and we're starting in verse 9, and this is King David. Uh, writing a song or a poem, if you will. And here's what he says. He says, I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-string lyre, I will make music to you. To the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. From the deadly sword, deliver me. Rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies and whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Um, so in Psalm 144, just to give you a little bit of context, a bit of background, uh, David is doing what he often did when he wrote the Psalms, um, which was praising God and worshiping God, and uh, always being thankful uh, to God for God delivering him and saving him from his enemies, and then calling upon the name of the Lord. And uh, as a worship leader, obviously, I very, very much love all of those things. Um, but as a youth pastor, and as a dad, and as a father, um, it's verse 12 that really strikes a chord and really moves me, um, because in verse 12, we learned about, God, about God's ideal um, for our sons and our daughters, our young people, as something that is precious to him, something that is full of life and something that is majestic, but also as something that we need to nurture and care for. Um, my wife, Tina, she loves plants, and so we have a bunch of plants in our home. If you come to our home, it's like a jungle in there, just plants everywhere. I'm not too many plants because uh, I'm a strong believer that less is more when it comes to home decor, and that clutter-free is the way to go. It's just my thoughts on that. Um, but if I let her, there would be plants everywhere. It would be a jungle in there with little monkeys called Charlie and Lincoln swinging from every branch, and so it's fun. But on top of that, um, she's also amazing at decorating our home, and so we have this, uh, this big fireplace uh, in our living room with a big mantle. It goes all the way to the ceiling, and uh, Tina is always decorating this mantle, and it looks just right all year around with uh, just seasonal decorations all year round. Uh, but the thing about these plants in our home is that um, they require pruning and watering and sunlight and a lot of care for these plants to grow and thrive and just look like beautiful green plants. And uh, this mantle in our living room, it requires a lot of attention and constant rearranging of things and taking things off and placing seasonal things on there um, just so it looks right all year round. And uh, from our, uh, our text this morning, we learned that the Bible tells us that we need to think of our sons, our young men, as plants, as trees that are full of life in them, but that require a lot of attention and care for them to grow and thrive emotionally and spiritually and physically. And then we hear from the text that the Bible tells us that our daughters, our young ladies, um, they should be like pillars in a palace that are carved and decorated and, and adorned. And uh, when I read that, I know to some of us, it may seem like the focus here is on the beauty on the external appearance of these pillars, but when I think of a pillar, I think of something that's strong, something that is powerful. If you look around this room right here, and we have these columns, these, these pillars here, um, they need to be strong enough and powerful enough to hold the weight and the load of this roof above our heads. And so I think of something that is powerful, something that is strong. And so the Bible tells us that we need to nurture our young ladies and for them to grow as something that is powerful, for, for them to be women of strength and courage and faith. And so 
That's when we come in. That's where uh, we as a church, we enter the picture. Um, there's that old saying that says that it takes a village to raise a child. And uh, you've heard that many times, I'm sure. Um, but I've been a youth, a youth pastor for years now. And uh, I'm telling you, there's so much truth in those words. Um, I've seen it over and over. And as a parent, I think one of the, uh, the toughest realities um, is knowing that as our children grow and they become young men and young women, um, they, they will come where us as parents, we won't be the biggest influence in their lives, and there will be people in their lives who are going to be the bigger influence in them. And, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing. We want that. We want our kids to grow and to mature and for them to one day leave the family home being ready for the world out there and being ready for life. But it's also a little bit hard um, because they'll leave our home one day. And so I'm both looking forward to that day for them to be ready for life, but I'm also dreading that day when they'll be no longer little boys in our home. And so when I pray for my little boys, I often pray that when that day comes, that God may place people in their lives who will influence them to grow in their love for Jesus. And so that's where we come in as a church, as a community, as a village. That's where we enter the picture. That's where this whole thing about a village raising a child comes in. We as a church, we have to be all in when it comes to supporting our youth and being behind our youth. We have to be praying for them all the time without ceasing. Um, it's not easy, I'll tell you. It's not easy being a young person this day and age. Uh, the temptations, the struggles, the, uh, the pressures on them out there are insane. It's just a crazy world out there for them. And so we have to be praying for them all the time for protection for them. And we need to provide a place as a church where they can grow, where we can nurture them, um, where we can just pour into them, and it can be a safe place that they can call their home away from home. And so so that's where we come in as a church. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm really proud and humbled to be part of this really awesome team of youth leaders uh, made up of some really great, genuine people who have committed themselves to being all in, putting in time and energy every week um, with our youth, with the goal of seeing them grow and helping them grow, but more than anything, seeing them grow in their love for Jesus. And so we have this awesome team right here, and there's a couple of them that are not there yet, but it's just an amazing team that we have. And so every Thursday, we come together uh, for a couple of hours in the evening, and we spend uh, just a couple of hours hanging out with them. And we alternate between having these uh, fun event nights where we hang out and we have these really fun nights. And uh, the point of that being just uh, pouring into them and building relationships. And then every other week we have these Bible study nights where we spend time in worship and we spend time in the Word um, just teaching them about who God is and, and God's love for them. And so that's how we have set up our youth ministry to make the most of the time that we have with our youth um, with the goal of just seeing them grow, working together to pour into them and seeing them grow and thrive. And uh, I've said this before, but one of the things that I love about this church is that we have a history of being committed and being all in when it comes to supporting our youth and supporting our youth ministry. And I just love that as a youth pastor, obviously. And so I want to ask you to keep praying for us. Keep praying for the youth team. Keep praying for the parents. Keep praying for the students. Uh, we want our youth to go out there and just to be people that are catching on fire for Jesus, for them to go back to their schools and their communities and just to make a real difference in our town. We want people in their schools, their, their friends and their peers who may not have Jesus yet in their lives and who just don't know the power of God's love just to be impacted by just that, how amazing and powerful God is. And so keep praying for us, keep praying for the team uh, because I think we're doing some awesome thing here as a church and I love that we are behind our youth as a church, as a church and it's just amazing to be part of this. And so keep praying for us. So uh, we're gonna shift the focus now from our youth and from me now to our youth, sorry, uh, because we want to hear from them this morning, not just from me. And so uh, we're going to hear from the sword team in just a minute. But before we do that, uh, we're going to hear from a, a young guy named James, James Enns. And uh, James is a really cool guy 
who has a, a really cool gift of, um, I call him a poet. He writes his, uh, these poems, and then he recites them as spoken word pieces. And uh, he put together one for us this morning, but James couldn't be here. Uh, he's gone for the weekend. He's gone, and there's a really cool initiative that our conference has put together called the Leaders Collective. And it's an initiative with the goal of uh, just developing and training uh, young leaders from the church. And so he's gone there this weekend, but he put it on video for us this morning. And so we're going to be hearing from James, uh, who's going to be talking a little bit about how God sees no age when it comes to, uh, to working through us and in us. He looks at, looks at all of us and he just says people and he doesn't think that any of us are too young for him to work through us and in us. So we're going to have James here. So here's James. Of the gifts given to me, I was asked a very important question, though the question isn't only for me. It was this. Since God has given you gifts, is it possible that the gifts are just for you or can you somehow give them back to God? I find it is only the odd gift internalized that cannot be externally shared. Each gift is like a different meal being prepared. Gather around the table. Each have something to bring, all are able. And if you feel you have nothing to bring, just bring your being. At the table of those sharing, there will be no lacking. For the head of the table is he who gives to all. All who would ask shall receive. All shall be saved who believe. And I believe I cannot give more than what was given to me. For of the gifts God sent, I will endeavor to graciously glorify God by giving my gifts, not sparing to serve and sharing the sentiments of my soul. Being saved, how can we not lose control of containment of all the things that were sent? Every prayer, every praise proclaimed is completely meant. The gifts are not just for me or for you, even though to us they were given. But being forgiven, we may freely give our gifts to those God has created. Through God living in us, we will be less separated. We shall see him soon. Hi, I'm Jamie Friesen. I'm involved in youth ministry here at Meadowbrook. Xavier and myself, along with these six students, had the privilege of joining the SOAR program. SOAR is a short-term missions opportunity where young Christians come together through worship, prayer, and sharing God's love over cities in North America. After months of prayer, preparation, and fundraising, we packed up our vehicle and drove to Montreal. We spent 11 days on program, three in orientation, six um, on assignment, and two days of debrief. I don't want to speak to you much about the program because I'm excited for you to hear from the students. I do want to thank each of you who has supported us on this journey. May that be through prayer, financial giving, or mentoring relationships. We are very grateful. A little bit about myself. I am a wife and a mother. My heart is drawn for home. With the call to leave on mission, I found myself torn. I turned to scripture, John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. God provided peace. God was calling me, a call I could not deny. Nearing the end of the program, I was asked about how my kids were. Without hesitation, I began to share with them the beautiful things God was doing in and through the students I was called to care for, only to realize they were referring to my children at home. I will admit, I felt a little bit foolish. Afterwards, it encouraged me. God had assembled a team that was united, much like a family. It was an honor to serve alongside these young people, to see their passion and servant hearts. Please enjoy their testimonies. 
Hello everyone, um, my name is Brady and I'm 16 years old and I got the opportunity to go on SOAR again this year. Um, this is my third time going and every time it just keeps getting better so I was really excited to go this year. Before the trip, when, before we left, I had a few doubts, not really that many, but some second guessing of, of whether I should go on the trip or not. Like how the fundraising seemed just a lot longer this year and I had an imbalanced semester and exams were coming up while we had to fundraise at the same time. But I got through it, and I forgot about all the doubts after my exams, and I truly remembered what it was like in the past years. So I also, something that motivated me to go on SOAR this year was how I felt like I kind of started focusing on God less since SOAR last year. And I wanted to try to, you know, just go there for a chance to learn about him a lot during that week or two. And how, I remembered how great it was to serve people and just be a blessing to them in Montreal. So, SOAR was fantastic this year. I'd really, I truly want to thank every single one of you who was praying and supporting us while we were gone, before we left, and after we got back. I have several stories that I'd like to share that impacted me, and I believe they impacted others as well. So, the first thing is, once again this year, we went to Mount Royal for worship. And we got to basically have some instruments set up, and then we had a giant circle of people that were worshiping Jesus on top of the mountain. And it, it was just great seeing so many people join in that weren't from our group, and it was just so amazing how we could truly sing God's love out to the city. Also, um, one thing we did before we started the worship was a few of us from the team set up a little volleyball circle, and we got probably around five or six people who weren't from SOAR to join us, as well as 20 or so others from SOAR. So we got to kind of connect the people through that before we started. Also, on Mount Royal, um, I decided to go talk to a guy about, you know, Jesus and why we were why we were there and what we were trying to do in Montreal. So I got to basically share some of my story, and he was really interested, which was comforting to me. And I got to basically just give him a rundown of what we were trying to do in Montreal and what we believe. Also, um, some of you would know that we did some Facebook live streams while we were gone. So we had um, the chance to kind of talk to people back home about what we were going through and what was coming up next, which was just you know something that was a good reminder to know that we're getting so much support back home from all of you amazing people. Also, our ministry assignment was we were hanging out with kids at a park in a neighborhood where they didn't really have as much time to spend with their parents or have as much at home. So we got to basically be a blessing to them just by playing sports with them and having fun with them in the park. Um, on the second day of at being at the park with the kids, I got to share my testimony and so did Zach on that day, which I didn't think would go over that well because thing like about my testimony is that the way that my whole life changed was about when my dad passed away which was something that was hard for me to talk about and because of this I didn't think the kids would react that well but instead of reacting badly they were interested and asked questions which shocked me and I saw how God's instructions don't always make sense but he still gives us everything that we need to do his work after I shared my testimony I presented with Zach the verse Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 with a, gang of, with a game of hangman, so the kids would be able to kind of have fun while they learn about a verse. The verse goes, 
One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So we chose this verse because having friends is something that the kids can relate to, and they were interested in it. And after we finished presenting the verse, we asked the kids if they knew who that friend was. And one of the kids there who was from a Muslim family shouted Jesus, which was just something that was amazing for me to see. Um, lastly, I shared my testimony with the whole SOAR program, and a lot of people were moved by it and came to talk to me after, which was something that I didn't think I could do at first, but after I did it, I realized how God spoke through me and gave me strength and took away all the worry while I was speaking. Also, I learned this year um, at SOAR how to be alone with God in worship, so I'm not worried about like anything else while we're singing out our praise to Jesus. And this has stuck with me since sore. But I would like to end with something that I haven't forgotten since the trip. At the end of the trip, we were all tired, and a leader from one of the groups, which I forget his name, unfortunately, said, even when you're tired, the Holy Spirit is calling us to give everything we have left. Tired, in this case, doesn't have to be taken literally. It means when there is something that we think can stop us from serving, the Holy Spirit is still calling on us to be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, hi, I'm Isla. I'm 15, and this is my first time going to SOAR. Um, so from July 7th to July 18th, I attended the SOAR Montreal trip. I felt the most connected to God there. We had our ups and downs and plenty of doubts, such as not having my parents around, but all in all, it was a wonderful experience. I made the decision to go on the SOAR trip during our youth retreat in March, although I had already thought about it previously while listening to the attendees of the year before. The lead-up to the trip felt like a blur, but with all the fundraising and meetings to prepare us, through all of our events, including our dessert auction, car wash, garage sale, walkathon, and bar barbecue, we kept positive attitudes most of the time, even through extreme heat conditions. <laughs> uh, a, lot of the a lot of the people in my group I've known for quite a while. I think this also helped our working as a collaborative team. This proved to be a struggle at times, though, with our different personalities. But in the end, we came through. I think we discovered each other's strengths, some of us better at expressing feelings through talking and others better through actions. This came in handy with our ministry in Montreal. On the morning of July 7th, we embarked on an excruciatingly long car ride. I can't begin to explain the backseat, or maybe I can. How about a metal beam for five hours? Let's just say I was a little butt hurt. During our car rides, to pass the time, we would play alphabet games, I spy, and actually tried to sleep. I don't think that was very successful, though. Uh, when we arrived at our destination, I felt an instant presence of warmth and happiness. All I could see were people embracing after long periods of not seeing each other, and just so much love. Everybody there was so very kind, which made it all the more easy to adapt. Some of my highlights on this trip were meeting so many people my age that are strong Christians. It was refreshing because nowadays most people are clueless on the subject of Christianity. Which leads me to our ministry. For that we worked with the Youth for Christ. I met two awesome ladies, Annie and Natasha, who brought us into, into the amazing work they'd been doing with the local children in a park. This was for parents who didn't have time to take care of their children or just couldn't. Uh, and I enjoyed many hours of face painting, soccer, and even a little basketball. I have a feeling some of the kids were a little bit upset with my athletic talents, though. It's, prob it's probably a good thing I don't, or it's probably a good thing I only understand basic French. <laughs> Another highlight for me was the worship. 
That is one way I can really connect with God. During worship and teaching, I felt at home. A lot of the time we would dance around without a care, especially on Mount Royal. You could see the Holy Spirit opening hearts. Some things that really challenged and stretched me was the language barrier and not being able to say everything I wanted to. Many of the people I spoke to appreciated my efforts, uh, but I still felt less than able and at times I felt powerless. There were many times I ended up using hand motions instead of speaking. <laughs> For many people, I believe our services, service was life-changing. I believe that, or I remember at one point, we were handing out sandwiches and I had given one to a homeless man sitting on the sidewalk. He had just start, started spewing out happiness and joy. Serving people in Montreal has opened my eyes to many things. I have seen what people are experiencing daily, poverty and all kinds of loss. Walking along the streets was like a different world. While I was there, one of the speakers talked about how she always felt self-conscious about herself and she found acceptance in God. This has been with me and has helped me find God and showed me how I can help, how I can also use this to serve others struggling like myself. Uh, on my last night at SOAR, I had been praying and all of a sudden I felt this feeling of overwhelming joy and the Holy Spirit washed over me and just tugged on my heart and gave me a mission to love everyone, which I have always had a tough time with, but I am trying to fulfill this with God's help and guidance. I feel that since being at SOAR, I can appreciate what I have and I'm very grateful that I could go on this trip with these extraordinary people. Hi, I'm Esther and I'm 15 and this was also my first time going on the SOAR trip. I first found out about this trip when we went on the youth retreat in March, I think, and Xavier and Celia kept talking about it and saying that it was just a really great experience, so I decided to go for it and I was really like pleased with what happened. Um, Fundraising was a little tough because everyone's busy like at the end of the school year with exams and everything and sports and but we all managed to um, We all managed to make it to most of the fundraising things and I'm really thankful for everyone who uh, Helped support us financially and also through prayers and everything um, During the trip I really loved when we um, did our mission assignment and we were just able to play with the kids everyone used their different talents uh, to just really show the kids love. Um, we played soccer, basketball, Isla face painted a lot, and Brady, I don't, I don't know where he is, <laughs> Brady did a lot of balloon animals. Um, dancing was not as great, you can see in the video later, but we put in a really good effort. Um, the worship was also really great because I loved how energetic and just how lively the atmosphere was. Everyone was clapping and jumping and then when these certain songs came on, everyone would like skip around in a circle and it was just such a happy atmosphere and I just loved it. Um, after we did our public worship on Mount Royale, our team decided to take a walk up the hill. Like, I don't even remember how late it was, but we went up to the cross and the whole time we were just bonding with each other. We took a really great picture under that cross. Um, looks amazing. But anyways, um, we just really got to know each other more and I really loved that. And even though the trip was a lot of fun, um, there were a couple of things that I struggled with. Uh, the biggest one was probably being away from home for that long. I'm so used to just my daily routine and just being with my family all the time. And um, being away from them for that amount of time with people I didn't know was a little bit difficult, but I continued to pray about it. And um, the letters that everyone wrote me um, really helped too. And soon enough, I like was barely even thinking about my family, just so focused on the trip. Um, after SOAR, I really 
like got closer to God and I've been reading my Bible more and for that I'm really thankful. Um, and going to Montreal uh, just helped me change my perspective on a lot of things because living in the small town of Kingsville, I'm not really exposed to a lot of poverty or anything. But then when we went to Montreal, like you can see that there are some, uh, like a lot of people all going through different things and that I'm really privileged to have um, like what I have, I guess. So, yeah. Hi, my name is Zach Weeb. I'm 17, and this is my first time going on SOAR. Um, I decided to go on SOAR because my cousin Brady, the guy over there, um, he was always coming back from SOAR and saying how an amazing experience it was and how life-changing it was, and I wanted to see for myself what this experience feels like, so I decided to go. Um, when we arrived, um, Brady like saw people he met from previous years and was talking to them and I'm like I don't really know anybody so I started walking around and this one guy named JJ was like hey man how are you and I'm like I'm good and he was just like what do you do for fun like at home and I'm like I skateboard and some random guy out of nowhere was like you skateboard and I was like yeah and he's like oh you want to go play skate I got a I got a skateboard in my in my room and I was like yeah sure and Unfortunately, my youth leader over here did not let me bring mine, so I didn't have a board. <laughs> so I'm just, so I'm using his skateboard and I get to know this guy a little bit. His name's, uh, his name's James and he, he went through a really hard four years. He was a drug addict for four years and past two, um, before two months before SOAR, he decided to give all that up as soon as he met Jesus, and he gave all of it up, and now he was clean um, since SOAR. Um, and it just, like, show, it's like meeting him showed me that, like, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past or how you, what, like, how you've been. Um, it's just, God will forgive you for no matter what you've done, as long as you just ask for forgiveness. Um, so that was like a big impact on me, just knowing this guy who was always so happy and energetic going around when he just met Jesus and he's just super happy all the time now and just giving everything up that was a bad influence on his life. Um, the, when we did our mission assignment, I met a few people who, like I didn't, speak French at all. These guys were trying to speak French to me and I had no idea what they were saying. Like, I'm like, what? Like, I, I even tried pointing, nothing worked. They were just, so I'm sitting there trying to, trying to communicate with these guys and they're, they just gave up. They just walked away and I was like, yay. Um, so, but after a while, I started playing basketball with these kids and these kids, like, don't really have a lot. They just go outside no matter what and they just play and play. And a lot of them are really good at sports and stuff like that because they have nothing else to do because they just have a park right in their backyard. So these kids are always like, they, they feel like they have everything. They're always so happy. And I feel like sometimes you take things for granted that we just have. And they're just happy with the littlest thing, like having a basketball. Like, it's insane how we take things for granted when they have the littlest stuff. Um, also, worship was amazing. How Esther was saying, people are just running around, skipping and stuff like that. Like that was the first time me ever seen that. And at first I was like, that's a little weird. But 
that's just how they show it, and if they show it that way, it doesn't matter. God loves how or loves whatever way you show worship towards Him, so He likes it. Um, I remember Esther and everyone saying like, "Oh, I'm getting homesick and stuff like that." Me, I was happy to get out of my house for 11 days. Um, it was 11-day trip. Just sign me up and I'll go. So. Um, yeah, uh, but overall, it was a good experience. I would tell anybody to go on this trip. It's completely life-changing. Thanks. Hi, my name is Talia. I went to SOAR two years ago, and I just remember how happy I was to be there. I was full of joy, and it was nice to be in a new environment. I met a lot of cool people, and I felt like a part of something special. I loved it so much that I was sure I was going to go the following year. However, when the year finally came up and it was time to sign up, I was going through a lot and trying to sort things out. I missed the deadline and I didn't end up going that year. And when I got another opportunity, I was psyched. Um, we did a lot of preparation and it went by pretty smoothly and I'm really glad that we had meetings to prepare ourselves because it was really helpful. Fundraising was one of my favorite parts. It helped us all get to know each other a bit before being sent off to Montreal in a crammed car together. I could go on and on about the car ride and all of the memories we made singing and complaining, but I was stretched more than just trying to put up with an uncomfortable seat. When I arrived to SOAR, I was super excited. It almost felt like I was at home. The first day was super exciting, but it just got harder from there. I started to feel very homesick and it was really distracting. For the first little bit, we didn't have much to do and every time we were doing nothing, I just became more homesick. It was really hard for me to adjust. I was really upset and confused because the first time I came, I was really happy and I didn't feel that way, the way that I had been feeling at all, which just made me more upset because I almost felt guilty for wanting to go home. The days couldn't go by any slower. There were a lot of highlights, such as our ministry assignment, which included us playing with kids and getting to know my team and being able to call them my family. I'm still convinced me and Esther are somehow related. And I was able to learn to forgive, which has helped me in so many ways. When we started our ministry assignment, it only got better. When we were assigned to, we were assigned to do, wait, what? <laughs> we were assigned to play with kids at the park. I have really messy writing. At first, I was really nervous to play with them because I wasn't sure how we were going to communicate with kids who didn't speak our language. However, when we actually got to doing it, all my expect expectations went away. I mean, yes, it was a bit hard to communicate to some of the kids through words, but we started to figure each other out with hand gestures and stuff. Um, it ended up being really fun, and I definitely love seeing a change in the kids. Overall, this SOAR trip has been one of the best experiences I've had all year, from knowing my team as more than people from my youth, to seeing a change in the children and myself. Hi, my name's Annabelle, and as some of you may know, this has been my second year attending SOAR. And though last year's trip was full of experiences and fun, this year's was a lot more personal. The weeks leading up to SOAR were exciting with our five kilometer walk and car wash, but it was nothing compared to what I would soon feel as I stepped on the grounds of Montreal. The first couple of days were slower than the rest and most of us were feeling tense and homesick. Luckily, we had common encouraging leaders that carried us through these emotions. We learned what it meant to be one of Jesus' disciples and how to let the Holy Spirit work through us. One of my favorite parts was when the lead pastor shared a story how he and other people of various religions t came together to help the people of Syria. I found this interesting because they could all cooperate despite their differences. Though I may not know why this happened, part of the reason may have been because they had a common goal, 
a common goal that was put first, not their culture, differences, or past. I can also relate this to our sort team because we also had our own disputes and troubles. But even so, we all knew why we came to Montreal, and so we stuck it out with each other. For our ministry assignment, we were partnered with the church to go and get to know the children and teenagers of an apartment complex about a five minute walk away. Let me be honest with you. These people are living in very different conditions than we are used to, but even so, they are living with smiles on their faces. As soon as we stepped into the, into the park and the, our partnerships leaders introduced us, we were immediately pulled into the children's many activities. Whether it was soccer, basketball, or just drawing with chalk, I guarantee that each of us up here, as well as those children, had fun. On our first day, we walked around the park and picked up trash. As we were working, some children came out of the apartments or stared through their windows as if to say, who are these outsiders and why are they cleaning up park? I could tell just by the looks on their faces that they never experienced something like this before. It was really a touching moment because they accepted us by, they expressed their thanks through accepting us. Even though there was a language barrier, they still wanted us to be with them. On our final ministry day, we held a barbecue for the people of the apartment complex. The church we partnered with was really happy about the turnout. We also held a balloon animal making, henna, and candy booths while sports games were going on. As the day came to an end, it was very hard to leave because it seemed that we had planted a seed that we wanted to see grow. But instead, we had to trust that God would take it from there. Getting to know the kids was amazing, and I hope we can return next year. I learned from those children to be happy in the small things, but still grateful in the large. God is in control, no matter how little it feels like. The last few days of SOAR were full of rest and recap as we prepared for a 10-hour drive home. On the final night, the store staff, SOAR staff held communion and we all had the chance to pray for each other. Personally, I like to stick to people I know and not to people I do not. So you can imagine how I felt when one of the pastors said to stand, grab some bread and juice and find a stranger to pray for. I immediately felt awkward and the need to go hide behind my friends. But there was a faint whisper in my heart that told me I needed, that someone needed me to pray for them. So I stood up and did what I was told. I prayed for two strangers that night. And let me tell you, it was amazing. I've never felt so relieved or happy in my life. At the beginning, I told you that this year's sore was very personal to me. That last night when we prayed and worshiped, that was when I felt the most personal and close to God. That was when I knew I had a purpose in this life. Isaiah 40 verse three says, a voice of one calling, in the, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I have always been interested in when Jesus will return. And when Pastor Chris said that though many people have tried, we can never predict and we cannot be prepared for when he returns. I felt at peace with this. A peace that said, you may not be able to predict him, but you may as well make way for him. So when Xavier asked our group how our life has been since Sore, I thought, it has been great, it has been personal, and I have been making way for the Lord. Thank you. Well, I know this morning has been a little bit different. Uh, I know that we're used to having a message, and some of us like that more. And uh, we could have had just maybe one or two of these guys come up and sum up the whole trip for us. But um, as you've heard, uh, each one of them had a very personal and very uh, individual experience and how they were impacted, but also how they impacted other people. And uh, it's been an amazing journey just seeing these guys from before, through, and after the trip, how uh, they have grown and, and the things that they got from this trip, how God has used them uh, to, for them to grow deeper in their faith and their walk with Jesus. And so I just want to echo what they said and thank you uh, for being so amazing and supporting this 
team, not only financially, but we know that lots of you, many of you were praying for us uh, before, during, and after the trip, and uh, it made a big difference. If you heard some of them were homesick uh, for the first couple of days, and it was just great to see how God moved and, uh, and helped him just snap out of that really quickly, and then for them not to miss out on the, all the great things that God had for them uh, through this experience. And so it's been an amazing journey, and, uh, and you know, like you heard, it's a long drive, it's 10 hours away, and more than that, it's like 12 hours away, and it feels like 50 hours away. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we're all cramped in a car, and, uh, but at the end of the day, we come back, and it's just great for me as a youth pastor, just the joy that I get out of seeing uh, these young guys and girls growing and maturing in their faith and just becoming amazing young people who I believe are going to make uh, just an, an amazing difference in the kingdom uh, now, not just down the road, but it's starting right now. And so it's just been something that's been so, so amazing to be a part of. And so thank you again for being a part of this with us. And so just to wrap things up, uh, you've heard from the team now, and now we want you to see uh, a little bit of what what happened on the trip. So we have a short clip to show you, and it's just to give you a bit of a visual of uh, what the trip was like. So here's our sore clip. Um, why don't we bow for a word of prayer as we pray for them? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for how you are working in these young people's lives, and not just for, for these that were up here, but for the whole program, for the youth in our community. Lord, there's so many that, uh, that are doing awesome things, and yet there's so many that, uh, that are searching for hope. God, we just pray that uh, you would continue to walk with them step by step and uh, give them the courage to, to work with their peers, to, to demonstrate that love. Uh, you know, living out the, the Great Commission, Lord, and being with them through the, the hard times and, and through their triumphs, Lord. God, I pray that uh, we would not be content with where we're at, but that we would uh, strive to, to grow this ministry, that, you know, it would grow to uh, grow a hundredfold, Lord, and that we would live out this, uh, this mission statement that we've come up with by that we would love you by loving people. And we pray that in your awesome name, the highest name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hi, folks. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Give me a hand. You know, it's not easy for what they did today to stand up on stage and to share their hearts and their story. When I was their age, I wasn't standing up at a stage and sharing my heart about Jesus. And so hats off to them because uh, the world is different than it was when we were young. Uh, what's amazing is as we look at have, as you've grown up and as you see young people growing up as well, there's definitely different pressures today. Uh, what's amazing though as you think about the journey these young folks have been on, the leaders have been on, the gospel has still remained the same. And the gospel will change people's lives. And it's incredible to hear from the students today just about what God is doing in and through their lives. And yet we have people that invest in these young people as well. And those are our youth leaders. Those are folks that work with our MB kids as well, that spend time doing things that some others may not do. And that's okay. And, but we want to bless them as well and pray over them and anoint them and ask for just a blessing as they enter a really busy year. Uh, I know for you guys and for me, there might have been somebody that spoke words of life into your life at one point when you were younger. And when you're a youth leader and you work with MB kids as well, you're able to, to speak words of life into people's hearts as Jesus uses people to, to show others about how the love of Jesus is so real. So remember that today. 
And I hope that inspired you and encouraged you that you were young at one point, you still are. But what I'm saying is, there's people that came alongside your life and made a difference. And I hope that was the case for you. So why, if you're a youth leader, I'm gonna get you to stand up. And if you're working with MB Kids, nursery all the way up, I want you to stand up as well because you're making a huge difference too. And before we pray, huge shout out to your parents. Because you parents, you drive your kids, you put up with them in different ways, etc. And hats off, because you're investing in your kids as much as the churches as well. And it starts at home. And so hats off to you guys as parents. And so we appreciate that. So we're going to pray uh, for these guys, and then uh, we'll wrap up with a worship song. Thank you, Jesus, for this time today. Thank you that we hear great stories of how you're moving uh, through the lives of young people. And we're grateful for that, Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this church. and the history here that is here for youth and for children. So we ask in Jesus' name for at a tremendous year coming up where we would see and hear about young people finding you all the way through MB Kids, all the way to senior high ministry as well, Jesus, that you'd bless the leaders, you'd walk with them, you'd give them courage, you'd give them the words to say uh, as they engage with young people, Lord. Uh, we see that it's not easy. We don't always have the answers, but Jesus, you change lives. And we ask that you would anoint these leaders. We pray in Jesus' name for a blessing over each one, from MB kids all the way through to all the youth leaders. And we're so grateful for their sacrifice and the work we're doing. And Lord, we know there's stuff we're doing here with young people that we may not see the end result, but in glory, we will see that. So thank you again for the young folks here and for the youth ministry in general and for the kids ministry too. We pray that it would impact families all the way through. And Lord, thank you for Xavier that leads the youth and for Sarah that leads the kids. We pray that you give them much wisdom and bless them all. In Jesus' strong name, 